Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Put your hands in the air if you are an absolute moron and totally forgot that we were having a universal title match tonight on SmackDown. My name's Simella. Hello, welcome. Goes up in the air. And I think this was mostly because I have now conditioned my brain. When WWE says, oh my gosh, you're going to get this next week, I'm like, <laughs> are we though, WWE? Are we? Because sometimes you tell me I'm getting something and you give me nothing. But we did indeed get it. And I tell you, it was a little bit of a barn burner. But what did we think of the rest of the show? There's only one way to find out. And it's to take this, the finger of power. You know the deal. And we give the good bits up and we give the bad bits down. In this case, for WWE Smackdown, let's up those doubts. Usos are out to start SmackDown this week, and this was a nice surprise because WWE often can fall into a pattern. So the fact that we were focusing on the tag team division, I was like, ooh, delally. And their big question was, why Street Profits? Why last week did you get involved in our business? And I put my hand up as like, I know, I know, Jimmy and Jay is because WWE absolutely loves rematches, and you've already done a feud with them in the past, so now you have to do a feud with them again. I know, I'm an idiot. The real crutch was that the Usos felt like they'd been embarrassed in front of the head of the table. So out came the street prophets who said, ha, 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 we embarrassed you in front of the head of the table. And I was like, why can't we call him Roman Reigns? His name is Roman Reigns. It's harder to say head of the table. And I know we're all scared of him, but come on. I mean, what happens if you say Roman Reigns? Does he just pop up and chop your head off? Of course. Of course he doesn't. I'm not going to say Roman Reigns anymore. We then cut to the back where we saw Roman watching this on the big screen. And he was allowed to do this like a normal human being. Like he wasn't cranking his neck at the strangest angle you've ever seen. And never forget when a wrestler is allowed to do that, they are top guy. We then zoom straight into a number one contendership match between the Usos and the Street Profits. And the only problem with this is the whole time I was like, well, I know who's going to win. It has to be Dawkins and Ford because if Jimmy and Jay are victorious, they're not going to have anything else to do apart from go backstage and go, oh, head of the table, we love you. And look, the match itself is absolutely going to get an up because as I've said time and time again, these guys just know how to do the wrestling. But when we got to the end and we got to the finish, well, I couldn't believe my damn eyes. And why? Because it was a flipping disqualification. And I can't even tell you what happened here because like every single multi-person match we'd ever seen in our entire lives, at one point the tag claxon ah, sounded so they all got in the ring and they started beating each other up. And even though for years referees have figured out how to deal with this, on this night this guy went, I don't know what to do, I'm new on the job and he just called for the DQ and I thought about taking my face 
and sticking it into the toilet. No, I didn't. I would never do that. Why? The Usos attacked Dawkins afterwards, leaving Ford to make the save and good grief sideways. He did this dive, which was so bonkers and he got so much hang time, I thought he was going to tombstone himself into the floor. So Montez Ford, if you are watching this, you can just tone it back a little bit. That gave me heebie-jeebie. So this really is a go in the weakest possible way, which is a shame because we could have done so much more with it. And yes, bring down the DQ board, 51. We are on our way. WWE then went so damn goofy, and I loved it. Roman was obviously beside himself that his cousins had lost, so he told Paul Heyman to bring them in here right now. And when Paul went to do this, he bumped into Caleb Braxton. But before he could say anything, his phone started to ring. And if you can believe it, his ringtone is Brock Lesnar's theme music. I mean, what is he, 12 years old? So I had tears in my eyes. Actual tears, because this was so ridiculous. And am I meant to think the whole time when he's with Roman Reigns, he just puts it on silent in case it does go dun, 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 dun. And maybe he and Roman really like it. Maybe when they hear that they do the Brock Lesnar shuffle and they're having a good time, like punching each other in the face, we don't know behind closed doors. Heyman answered and promised whoever he was talking to to deliver a message. And don't worry, we are gonna find out what that is when Biggie turned up as a janitor and just went <laughs> because he is the money in the bank all of this was so kooky it was so crazy i had a phenomenal time and i'm giving it up becky lynch and bianca belair were there now and we have to stop the debate now we are 100 trying to make becky a heel now the issue here is that she is very good at it but also none of the fans want to boo her it was so ridiculous too because one of the first things she said was well last week when i was in the ring nobody told me i deserved it so of course all the fans started to chant you deserve it so she just playing them like a fiddle because once again everybody loves the man she then started talking about everything that had happened at SummerSlam and said why is everybody mad at me it wasn't my fault that wwe officials rang me up and told me that i could have this championship match if anything it all has to go on to bianca belair's shoulders because she's not ready. So again, you could see the heel tendencies coming in. But look, Stone Cold Steve Austin had heel tendencies and we all loved him as well. Finally, Bianca interrupted and thankfully people are still cheering her like crazy. And it's got to be down to the fact that when she does talk, she just comes across like a real human being. She said that she was embarrassed. She lost so quickly. She has to get back on the horse and she will. She'll reclaim her title. You just want to cheer for this woman which makes this feud even more jumbly-bumbly. Rightfully, Blair pointed out that Lynch never gave her a rematch and she had to earn it. So given that we are going to get Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor for the Universal Championship later, why don't we do this women's title match right now? And of course, we did this just so Becky could go nope again and walk off. And to be fair, she did get booed. But did she get booed? Or did the fact that the fans in the arena feel annoyed that they weren't going to see it? I would go for the latter. But look, both were really good here and they feel like stars. So we're just going to have to sit down and wait and see what happens. But I really do think Becky Lynch is going to have to come on TV and rip the ears off a bunny or insult BTS or something like that to get some proper heat. But maybe she can do it. She is a terrific professional wrestler. But I messed it. I like it all the same. And it's getting up. We then just had the most bizarre segment with Dolph Ziggler, Robert Roode and Tony Storm. Because Dolph saw Tony Storm just hanging out backstage playing Nintendo. He was like, hey, really good professional wrestler Tony Storm that should be having matches. He didn't say that. I'm saying that. Are you going to watch my match with Rick Booz later? And Tony went, yes, I will. But I'm going to be cheering for Rick. So just to catch you up to speed, we don't see Storm for weeks. And when we do, she's having a chat with Dolph Ziggler as if she's just debuted. This would be like someone saying to you, oh, how are you, Bill? And 42 years later, you go, I'm really well. Like, man, 
there was a long delay. I just don't get it. The women's division needs more bodies. Tony Storm is really talented. I'm sorry, I gotta give it a down. It was then that match, Dolphy Boy Blue taking on Rick Boogs. And even though it only went 60 seconds, you will not believe this. I can't believe it. I'm giving it an up. And the simple reason for this is that Rick Boogs won, and by my terrible maths, I think that's three on the bounce. So much like on Raw, where Damian Priest gets getting victories and feels like a star is growing, I think we're doing the same with Rick Boogs, and I really like Rick Boogs, he's an idiot. But yeah, there was no shenanigans, no nonsense, nothing that was gonna annoy you and make you wanna run into a wall. Boogs just hit his pump handle slam, and he pinned him. And I know that Dolphy Ziggler has been pinned a lot, but still, I didn't see it coming, and once again, I left going, well, that Rick Boogs, he must be a star. I'm terrified where this will go, because you know, sometimes WWE just completely forgets what they have done. But for now, I'm gonna like take up the fetal position and cross all my fingers and hope for the best. And appears that Sonya Deville then found Becky and told her, well, if you don't wanna do that title match tonight, you are gonna have to do it at Extreme Rules. And Becky Lynch seemed very annoyed about this. Once again, patience is a virtue, we're gonna find out. Cesaro was then facing Seth Rollins. What's going on? The hat was back. We just pulled names out and go, whoa, whoa, hey, this one works, because they were in a feud. But that feud was done ages ago, so I had no idea what was happening. And also, if you are gonna do Cesaro versus Seth Rollins, why the flubbins aren't you advertising it beforehand? Sadly though, this was like being promised the greatest birthday party ever. You turn up to said birthday party and someone opens the door and just goes, and punches you right in the face. Because even though they were having such a terrific match, it ended in the disqualification. Now there was some justification in the sense before we did start here, Seth Rollins did a promo and he was like, hey, 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 I don't need to worry about Edge anymore. I'm past that. So I'm going to use everything I have learned and go back to my past where indeed I'm going to take on the Swiss Superman. And they were brilliant. They were great, as I've said time and time again, but none of it was for anything because we got towards the end. Seth Rollins was worried. So he picked up a chair and he beat the crap out of Cesaro and genuinely left him laying. So this did nothing for that guy. And once again, the whole thing was just so strange. Also, DQ board rolls up to flipping 52 down. We also found out that Seth was completely wrong about Edge because the rated R superstar, way too late, Cesaro's already dead by this point, did make the save. And then later on, he looked into the camera and said, Seth, I'm looking right down the barrel at you. I want another match next week, which is actually kind of cool because SmackDown is going to be in Madison Square Garden. I was like, Edge, Adam, brah, you don't need a match. You already beat him at SummerSlam. And look, of course I'm going to be entertained by this. I probably can say now it's going to get an up. But in terms of stories, this one was like that. You see, completely missed. However, on a quick side note, Seth and Edge have been brilliant recently. Like they really have. They feel absolutely tremendous. I just don't understand why we've gone back to treating Cesaro like crap. Paul Heyman then lied to us. And I don't like being lied to, but he went and addressed Roman Reigns and said, I'm really sorry, dude. We didn't call him dude. We've got a problem because Brock Lesnar is going to be on SmackDown next week. And the reason he knows this is because it was Brock on the phone, which makes it even funnier because it means Paul Heyman has sat there and gone, well, wouldn't it be great if Brock Lesnar's theme happened when he called me? And Roman was super suspicious about this because he was like, well, how do you know all of this? Why are you still talking to Brock so we continue to plant those seeds? It also puts this whole debate to bed because the way Roman says this was the equivalent of a partner telling someone, you're not allowed to talk to anybody else. But he is absolutely a gaslighting son of a gun. This happy Corbin stuff is just wild too. Like it's gone to the point now where I have no idea what's going to happen. And yet somehow I always enjoy it. 
up. It started on the KO show because I think somebody backstage in WWE went, oh, we haven't done a talk show for two minutes. We better let Kevin Owens do his. And of course, his guest was Baron Corbin. But before he even started saying anything, Baron was like, oh, hey, Kev, I've got a special guest off my own. Out of all the people who was back on WWE TV. Logan Paul. Now, WWE had learned from last time because this time they were aware what kind of reception he was going to get. So he was just an absolute knob here. And this was essentially Baron Corbin and Logan Paul just pointing at Kevin Owens and going, ha, 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 you're not like us. They mentioned the Jake Paul fight, which, of course, got mega heat from the crowd as Kevin Owens kept mocking them. And Logan took so much offense to that, he got in the face of Kevin Owens. I kind of freaked out a bit then. I was like, please, please, please do not book him to punch Kevin Owens and land him on his ass. And thankfully, it didn't happen. Instead, though, when Owens did go to attack Logan, Baron Corbin got the mic and he twonked Kevin Owens right on the head before these two ass hats ran away. So I suppose we are going back to the Baron Corbin versus Kevin Owens feudal this time. Baron Corbin is definitely a super duper bad guy. But as already said, I don't know why this stuff entertains me, but it absolutely does. Smackdown then went absolutely nuts again because we had this weird bit backstage where somebody was announcing Carmella as the most beautiful woman in the world as she just kind of posed and did these faces. It then turned out Liv Morgan was watching this from a side going, well, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. So I do think we are about to start a feud based on looking at the other person. Smackdown then fell back into rematch territory. I don't know why they've started to do this. You know in the opening when it goes WWE, then now forever, or whatever the hell it says these days, we should change that to then now rematch. That's a terrible joke. That's not even funny. But it was Sami Zayn versus Dominic Mysterio. And while they do really have great chemistry together, you did not need to do it again, especially because here we achieved absolutely nothing. Because this time it barely went two minutes and halfway through Sami Zayn was like, I'm screwing this, I'm going to go home. When Rey Mysterio obviously came out to stop that. Dominic then did a big dive and then told his dad, don't worry papa of mine, I've got this. Which kind of served as a pseudo distraction, meaning when he finally got back in the ring, Sami Zayn just booted him right in the face and he pinned him. It was made out afterwards that Dominic was really frustrated, so we are taking another step breaking up Ray and Dominic Mysterio, which is really going to tickle me when it does happen because it just seems so ridiculous. And I think you do have to count this as a distraction. Like that was the point. Dad was meant to be to blame. So bring it down. That is 92. No, it's not. That's wrong. I'm well too low. It's 96. And I'm really sorry too, because last week I didn't give this a down, but this week I have no choice but to give it a down because what on earth are we doing with Naomi? She went to Sonya Deville and said, yo, Son, do you remember last week when you said I could have a match can I have that match? And Sonya went, oh, yeah, who are you? Oh, I forgot. Don't worry about it. Maybe we'll do it next week. When somebody changes brands, that is the best time to sort of light a fire under them and start a new thing. Instead, we're treating Naomi like she's just nothing. I'm sure it's going to tie into the narrative down the line, but at the moment, it just kind of bared down. Thankfully, there were no other tricks on this episode of SmackDown because we did get Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor. And honestly, if you don't plan to watch SmackDown, but you need one thing that you would like to check out, this is the ticket my word, it was good. Up. We also gave Finn Balor somewhat of an out because before this, the Usos attacked him and beat the absolute flubble sticks out of him. To the point, if this was a quote-unquote real sport, no one would ever go, well, sure, you can compete. Even though you've probably got a broken arm and you probably have a concussion, we'll still let you to have a wrestling match. But they did. And of course, at first, it was like, oh, great. It's going to be easy pickings for Roman Reigns. But no. Because even though Roman did thump him for a little while, Finn Balor kept doing these incredible flurries and these incredible comebacks to the point you actually believed... I mean, it was only 
like 0.9%, but 0.9% of you believed that maybe he was actually going to win. Because some of the near falls and the fact that Roma was kicking out at 2.99999, this was tremendous. We also saw Finn go for the Coupe de Gras, but Roman got out of the way and he hit the Superman punch, and that was another close pin. And then Finn Balor actually did get the Coupe de Gras, and my word, Roman couldn't have kicked out any later. And by this point, I was plugged in. Somebody could have knocked on my door and said, Simon, we need you now. And I'd be like, in a second, I'm watching this. Balor also reversed a spear into the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. I would have popped my lungs out of my mouth if it had gone down. But the real twist in the tale, and I probably should have told you this a second ago, is after Finn had hit that Coupe de Gras and Roman had kicked out, he also kind of hit Balor right in the balls. And the commentators were like, did he mean to do that or didn't he mean to do that? And of course he did because Roman Reigns is a piece of trash. And then he was able to apply the guillotine and he got the win. And I was like, damn it, he's done it again. There was even more to this though. And it surprised me because as Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns were leaving, the lights flashed red and you got this kind of a heartbeat noise, which certainly insinuated to me that maybe the demon is going to come back. And that would be absolutely awesome. As long as this time, WWE, you treat it right. But I thought we went out of our way to protect quote-unquote Finn Balor here. And if he does come back in the Demon, well, it just gets a round of applause. What a terrific end to SmackDown. It did exactly what it needed to do. So very aptly for this show, it was a little bit of an up-and-down SmackDown. But at least everything has a story. Like, you may not have to be into said story, but random things don't just happen, apart from maybe the Seth Rollins stuff. But ultimately, they still try to tie that in. Point is, overall, getting up. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 